Welcome back to another episode of the Bull Take Podcast. You already know who it is, Austin Wader, along with Austin Hill. And you can tell by the title, another week of the NFL is in the books. But before that, I mean, we just got to talk about the topic that broke yesterday with Damian Lillard trade. Just completely off the NFL topic. How about that Damian Lillard trade? Yeah, uh, a really good deal uh, for the books to try and entice Giannis to stick around. Obviously, he's been hinting towards a potential move on uh, in 2025 free agency. I, I think he so. Becomes a free agent if uh, he doesn't like the situation. So uh, I think this is a very, very good move for them. But I like this move for Portland, getting Drew Holiday, DeAndre Aiden, and draft assets. Um, this sets you up to potentially continue to win in the relative near future while still having tons of draft assets to build a team for the future. And the Phoenix Suns, another one I like them getting a lot of depth for their bench. I know what you're going to ask us. What I know you want us to answer, you know, do we think this makes them a championship contender? Well, guess what? We're not answering that because there yet. the NBA season preview, we're almost there. We're almost there. It's getting close, uh, but no doubt that will be a topic of discussion on there and how elite these changes are and how big the deal this trade is. But you know what? Enough talk about that. It was a huge deal. Let's move into our main topic, which is the NFL. And it was an interesting weekend of football, to, to say the least. It, it was interesting. Yeah. Uh, but we're going to start with our annual tradition, the biggest winners and our biggest losers. Who? Let's switch it up this week. Who's your biggest loser first? Wow. Uh, I'm going I, – I, I think there's not an argument to be made here. Uh, well, kind of, but I, I have to go Denver Broncos. Uh, you can't give up 70 points. I mean, 70, I think, is enough. <laughs> sports league uh, and not have also scored almost that many. That shows that, to me, that your team just gave up and you – I mean, they were just running through the motions and just letting whatever happen. There was no pride, no ego, uh, no nothing out there from the Denver Broncos, and I think that absolutely makes them the biggest losers this week. Well – uh, I'm absolutely with there with you, but I'll say something different to mix it up. Uh, biggest loser. Uh, I, I look forward to saying this. Just <clears throat> how about them Cowboys? You got to give credit to them Arizona Cardinals. I appreciate you guys. I may have lost money because of a parlay that included Cowboys money line, but it was worth it because it was fun to see Cowboys fans sad about this game. Shout out Arizona Cardinals. They're a team that's playing hard right now for Jonathan Gannon. They may not be the most talented team, but they are playing really tough against all the teams they played so far this year. Watch out, Niners this week, you think? Uh, maybe. Maybe. Uh, but now let's get to our biggest winner of the weekend. What are you thinking here? Uh, am I allowed to say Travis Kelsey? I was going to say Travis Kelsey. <laughs> Do we just we just want to both say it? Yeah, uh, I say Travis Kelsey. Uh Great get for you, Travis. Um, but I'll say another, uh, a little bit more serious one, uh, and that's the Buffalo Bills. Uh, I think this was a great snapback win for them. The defense finally showed uh, what it's been the last couple of years. They've had a super solid defense, and uh, Josh Allen looked better. He looked better. Yeah, I will agree. Um, but I mean, I'll just say I'm absolutely with you. I was going to say Travis Kelsey yeah. if you weren't going to. Uh, I owe you an apology, Travis Kelsey. I wasn't familiar with your game, man. Um, anyway, uh, I've heard she's also, uh, in case you don't know what we're talking about, the Swifty. She's expected to be at the Jets-Chiefs game this Sunday, which, you know, 
I got to give Travis credit. He is sending, he's bringing her to games that he knows that they're going to win. Yeah. And he knows he can probably get in the end zone. I mean, yeah, at that point, that's just like showing out. that He picked the games where he knew he was going to have success, and that's just genius uh, game planning right there. Yeah, it, it really is. It takes a lot of it, – I mean, it worked out really well for him. And then, I mean, if she wants to travel to Minnesota the week after that, they're at the Vikings. So, yeah, uh, And then I, it's the Broncos after that. So, I mean – we it might see a, Taylor. a good little streak uh, for him. <laughs> we might be like, man, Travis just ain't missing right now. But uh, another winner, I'll give one. Uh, I'm actually going to give credit to the Houston Texans here. Going on the road, beating the Jacksonville Jaguars, and just destroying them. And, you know, if I remember correctly, there was a certain somebody on the show uh, whose name was Austin, and it wasn't me, uh, that picked the Houston Texans to win this division, and still early in the year, but this is a really good win for this Texans team. Absolutely. A big win. You know, if it comes down to a tiebreaker, this is a massive win to have uh, in those tiebreakers. But C.J. Stroud, um, you know, I'm going to keep harping on it because we were so right. We talked about how C.J. Stroud was the most pro-ready quarterback. And look what's happened. And look what's happened. He's looked so good. He has thrown no interceptions up to this point in his career. Knock on wood. Even if he does <laughs> throw an interception at this point, going your first three games with a, a team that should have been picking number one overall uh, this past year in the draft, um, this is an absolutely phenomenal start for C.J. Stroud, and it shows just how elite his talent is. Um, and again, Bryce Young, Anthony Richardson, still talented in their own right. But this was the guy that was most ready for the big time. Absolutely. I couldn't say it any better. But now let's get into our main topics, and that is the remaining unbeatens. We're going to start with those first. I think we started with, what, eight undefeated teams entering this weekend? Eight, six or eight in between that range. We're down to three. We got three remaining. And, I mean, if we're being honest, at least me and you, we saw all three of these coming. Let's start with the Philadelphia Eagles, a 3-0 and star. Um, after kind of a rough start in the first two games, at least for some points offensively, Monday night at Tampa Bay, they made their biggest statement so far this season by dominating that game. And, I mean, they look like the, almost the exact same team that we saw a year ago. Yeah, and if this team is picking up right where they left off, I mean, a Super Bowl berth is inbound. Uh, let's just put it that way. They look so good, and Jalen Hurts hasn't missed a beat. Yeah, and uh, Swift, uh, speaking of Taylor Swift, DeAndre Swift had a terrific game yeah. on that Monday night. With his own Kelsey. Yeah, I mean, Kelsey and Swift. I mean, the dynamic the it dynamic goes duo. together so well. <laughs> Nothing goes better together. Um, but, no, they looked really good. Um on defense in that win and the offense, it take, it took a bit of time because AJ Brown, you saw complaining during the Thursday night game against the Vikings, but he was targeting AJ Brown in this game. Uh, shout out that, uh, AJ Brown had a player prop on him over receiving yards hit shout out him. Um, but you know, this is good. And you look at their schedule coming up, they got the commanders, the Rams and the jets. And then, on Sunday Night Football, and I did not know this was set on Sunday Night Football, this might be the game of the year. Week 7, Sunday Night Football, Dolphins and Eagles on prime time. Overwatch? I, th I think so. Uh, they may not both be undefeated entering that, but it will still be an insane matchup. But yeah, Eagles are looking good. They're getting better offensively. We know what to expect with their defense. Um, that brings me to the second undefeated team. and. Same. We knew this team would be here. That's the San Francisco 49ers. I had hoped that they would be two and one, 
but certain things were out of my control. But nonetheless, they are 3-0. Not only that, they're 3-0 with scoring exactly 30 points in all three games. I mean, that's just weird. But, I mean, let's face it. With signing Nick Bosa, this team is set up, at least for this year, you got to think they're looking for revenge. I mean, it really seems like these two, ever since last year, we said these two are destined to meet again in the playoffs. Yeah, and I mean, you know, 49ers and their fans will tell you that had Brock Purdy stayed healthy that game, they go to the Super Bowl. I don't know that that's entirely true, but it certainly would help to have somebody who could have thrown the ball that wasn't Christian McCaffrey uh, at the end of that game. So I think absolutely these two are, two are destined to meet again. And boy, oh boy, it's going to be a fun one when we see it again. Yeah, definitely. They do play actually in the regular season. Week 13, they're at Philadelphia, the Niners are. So that should be a fun one. But yeah, offensively, Brock Purdy looks good. The running game looks good. Christian McCaffrey, you know, knock on wood again, through three games, looks incredible in this Niners offense with a full training camp of being a part of it. Debo Samuel has dealt with some injuries, hasn't affected the offense really. And the defense, I mean... I don't know what what you can say. This is, I mean, we got to have a talk. This is easily a top three defense in the NFL. Yeah, it's scary, scary, scary right now based on the Niners. Yes, it is. And the last undefeated team, another one that us saw coming easily because we are we are two of stands, two and on, expect us. Uh, that is the Miami Dolphins at 3-0. and oh. And you know what? I mean, I think they set the standard with a – you know, just a just a casual 70 points on the Denver Broncos this past weekend. Um, Tua is playing like an MVP quarterback. And he said this is the most fun he's had since he's been at Bama in this offense. And, I mean, overall for me, just as a fan, it has been really fun to watch. Yeah, it, it really is impressive uh, kind of the care they've taken of him this season and the dedication they've committed because I know – uh, while there wasn't necessarily talks in the Miami organization, there were talks uh, around the sports world that maybe Miami should move on from Tua because he's so injury prone. But we're seeing the commitment uh, to keeping him healthy and to keeping him as the number one guy. And we're seeing that talent that we saw at Alabama really uh, blossoming this season. And he's really getting it done. Um, and I just want to say shout out to Devin A. Chain for deciding to break out in week three <laughs> while I have you benched in both of my dynasty leagues. Oof. I believed in you and Oof. I drafted you because I believe in you. I didn't believe that you were going to go crazy for 50 points in week three. And for that, I am sorry. Yeah. And, um, shout out to Raheem Mostert was my opponent in fantasy had him 45 points. Um, and then that player person also had Devonte Adams. That guy got 90 like total points just from two guys. I had no shot at winning a fantasy and I had Tua as my starting quarterback against that in fantasy. That is tough. In one of my fantasy leagues, I had Buffalo's defense and Devonte Adams with Lamar Jackson. I scored oh my- 187 points. <laughs> oh my gosh. That is insane. But nonetheless, Let's face it, these are the three best teams in the NFL. I think everyone can agree that, wouldn't you? Yeah, uh, I mean, we're talking about one of the best offenses in football, one of the best defenses in football, and one of the most balanced teams in the whole league in the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, I think we marked every single thing there, so I don't know. But you know what? We've talked about that. Let's flip to the teams who did not, who still have yet to win a game. Um, we won't talk about the one long. We won't talk about the one you're thinking of. Um, but, you know, we just talked about the Dolphins and the 70 points they scored. We'll start with the AFC and the only team in the AFC that does not have a win this year. Out of the 16 teams, 
One of them doesn't have a win. That's the Denver Broncos, who made the big hire for Sean Payton. They traded away a first-round pick for him. And, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. This isn't on Sean Payton in the offense. The offense looks good. This is a horrendous, and I mean a horrendous defense. It is terrible. Easily the worst they've had since um, before Von Miller was on the team. Yeah, um, I'll say it again. Uh, I mean, this wasn't coaching. This was players giving up. This was guys who just gave up. Um, If you have any pride or any sense of effort or urgency, um, you're just not letting guys score 70 points on you, just no matter the situation. This is guys just not playing football, and uh, it's a bad look for Denver to give up three weeks into the season. Yeah, I was about to say, keep in mind, we're only three weeks into the year, and I feel like Denver fans feel like they, they've already gone through a season's worth of pain. Um, but my question for you with Denver, you look at this team, they're 0-3. Do you see any possibility of them maybe having a chance to turn this around at any point, being in the AFC? Um, it is unfortunate because I picked them as a playoff team, but uh, if, you know, at every sign of struggle – and challenge if this team is just going to give up how can you uh i mean it's an nfl season it's full of trials and tribulations you you have to keep it together and you have to keep trying and if this is a team that's going to cave in and give up in week three uh then you know when the bigger games come who's going to step up because it seems like nobody will yeah but i will give them i will tell them they do have a legit chance to maybe get some wins in the next couple of weeks they do face another winless team which we'll get to this week I don't know if they will, but I say they have a chance. And then they play the New York Jets the week after that. So they win those two. They're two and three and maybe start entering conversations. But I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I hope they can turn around because, I mean, Sean Payton did not come out of retirement to coach a terrible football team. No, and they didn't trade a first-round pick to be a terrible football team. Yeah, and also didn't trade uh, several – things to the Seattle Seahawks who I don't know do they have their first round pick this year if they do we're looking at Seattle maybe depending on if they make the playoffs a back-to-back playoff appearance team with back-to-back top five picks yeah it could be absolutely uh insane for Seattle uh how they were able to rebuild this organization uh in winning seasons oh yeah but nonetheless let's move to the NFC now where we do have the remaining three winless teams in there and We'll just get the one out of the way. We'll get out of the way first. The Chicago Bears. Um, you know, Austin, I'm just gonna I'm gonna say this and then you can have it. Uh, it was a good thing that Taylor Swift was there and that took away most of the attention on the actual game. Yeah. Um, again, I, I don't think Justin Fields had a terrible game. Uh, if you watch the game, Khalil Herbert does not know how to hold on to the football. Um, I was big on Khalil Herbert coming into this year, but a fumble at the end of the first half in the Chiefs red zone. Stop running halfback screen. Luke Getze, it doesn't work. Uh, shout out Drake Toll here. That's the only play he runs in NCAA 14. Uh, <laughs> but this isn't NCAA 14. Uh, this is NFL football, and it's clearly not working. Justin Fields is looking lethal uh, down the field, and we just won't call anything. Hopefully we open it up against clearly the worst defense in football uh, this coming week uh, against the Denver Broncos. Um, I'm hoping for a big game where Justin Fields can open it up, but I'm getting sick of saying, I hope we open up the playbook for Justin Fields. He's not a rookie. He's in his third year. Uh, it's unbelievable. Uh, I I don't want to go into it too much because I'm saying the same things I said last week because the same things are still the problem. Um, this team has the potential to be a good team. 
and it is being coached very poorly, and it is going to cost me Justin Fields. And I hate that. I just hate that. So let me ask you this. Just from a Bears fan perspective, let's say, you know, hypothetically, they lose to the Broncos this weekend. Hypothetically. Not saying they will. Not saying I think they will. But hypothetically, they lose. This is an 0-4 football team. Do you consider moving on from Matt Eberflus this early into his second year? Only if you're also going to fire Luke Getze. Um, I don't think Eberflus is entirely the problem. He's the head coach, but he doesn't call the plays on offense. And with Allen Williams departing from the team uh, and Eberflus getting back into calling defensive plays, maybe we'll see this defense improve. But right now, I think you know head coach is an issue, um, and I don't know that he's the answer long term. But I feel like a change has to be made at offensive coordinator. I think that's the biggest issue for the Bears. Um, they've been in a couple of – they were in that Buccaneers game. Uh, they were in that Packers game. Um, and then they just played too passive. It, it, it's time to start – it's time to start throwing the football. Um, I, I, I don't know what to say. Time to start throwing the football. Yeah. Uh, I'm right there with you. And I, I trust me. I, I feel your pain with offense coordinators. Not nearly as much as you this year, but yeah. um, nonetheless, you're not. Hey, look at it this way: you're not the only NFC North team who is winless this season, though. Next one, the Minnesota Vikings, who are zero and three, and all three are games that they, if I'm being brutally honest, they should have won all three of these games, and that's even including the Philadelphia Eagle one. The Eagles' offense struggled early in that game, and they even had a touchdown. Justin Jefferson diving over the pile, and he scored that. They win that game. So, I mean, you wonder with this team, you look at it, all three by one score, this team has the talent to be able to turn around, but do you think they actually do turn it around, or do you think they maybe prepare themselves for a future without Kirk Cousins? Um, I think the good thing for them is with their lack of effort of trying to build this team this offseason, they still have their picks. Um, so a rebuild is in play, but again, they're spending a lot of money still on the players that they decided to keep. Um, and in that case, I think you have no choice really, but to try and play it out because here's the thing. Worst case scenario, you get good draft picks trying to win. I, I mean, clearly they've tried to win the first three games and they've lost. Um, so I don't think anything can hurt them trying to win. Uh, I know they're winless, and the top teams in the NFC North are 2-1 and one right now, but anything can happen, I think, right now with the NFC North only being three weeks in. It's still really anybody's ballgame except probably the Bears. Um, it's really probably anybody's ballgame in that NFC North. Uh, and so it's not too late to turn things around. I think worst-case scenario, you lose all of your games by one score, and at least you tried. Yeah, I mean, you couldn't say it better. And ironically, you know, it's funny – uh, the fun, the four zero and three teams remaining all face each other this weekend. The Vikings are on the road against the zero and three Carolina Panthers, and I mean this one. This is not a hard one. We knew you struggled at the end of last year. You traded up to get Bryce Young. You did not coming to this year and expect this team to be a contender. However, really pick to be number one. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, they you're looking at potential back to back number one picks at this rate. I mean. Who knows? But um, I definitely feel like they need to protect Bryce Young more than anything here. And I think sitting him out in that game against the Seahawks 
was the absolute right move, not risking him, not saying, well, we're 0-2. We need to try to save the season. But instead, they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. This is this guy's third game. Let's 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 try to keep him around a little bit longer. So um, you really would you say you're really worried about the Panther future, or would you just say this is a part of rebuilding and retooling this roster for Frank Wright? I think you and I both know that you know losing comes with the territory of rebuilding. It's one of those things uh, you certainly expect. Um, and rebuilding obviously different from tanking. This team's not tr- necessarily trying to lose these games and. In fact, they've been in a couple of these games this season. Um, it just comes with the way the roster is young guys and maybe some of the lesser talented guys or even some veterans on this roster who maybe aren't the same as they used to be. Um, you know, it's going to take a minute for this team to get back. Um, and, you know, not having that first-round pick next year certainly doesn't help your case in uh, rebuilding, which is why, obviously, this isn't an intentional thing. But, you know, it's just the growing pains uh, that come with you know, having a young team uh, and trying to, you know, find the new faces and the new talents on the team. So uh, I, I don't think this is anything to worry about just yet for Carolina, but it is unfortunate for them that they won't have their first round pick. So there really is no reward for not winning games uh, this season. Yeah. Um, I mean, the Bears, you know, are just looking at this way. Hey, we're 0-3, but so is Carolina. 1-2? and two? Uh, I mean, you never know. I mean, we could get in 1-2. Maybe you go, depending on it, you don't know what the Bears could do one and two, and maybe you get an even bigger haul than you get for number one last year. So, but no, real quick, I just want to add this in for the Panthers. I mean, this schedule gets a little bit tougher after this game. Let's say they lose this game to the Vikings. They're at the Lions next. They're at the Dolphins, and they play the Texans. That's their next three games after that. I mean, realistically, there is a possibility this team could start the season 0-7. Like yeah. it's a realistic possibility for them looking at the schedule. Uh, I doubt they will. I'm sure they're going to find a win or two in, in that little gap, but I mean, it's a real possibility. And you know, at least like I said, for the bears, you looking at potentially back to back, maybe number one draft picks, maybe not the same way you got them, but you never know. Yeah. But that is it for the winless teams. Let us now real quickly get into a recap of a few games. We already discussed Miami and Denver 70 to 20. We discussed Arizona and Dallas and other ones, but real quickly, we got to discuss green Bay's comeback against new Orleans. And this was one that was a really a thrilling game, but the unfortunate thing for the saints, Derek Carr got injured. They don't expect him to play this week. Jameis Winston getting the starter, but I think if this is a thing for the Packers, you need to look at this, this Packers team, I'll be honest with you, I I am loving watching this Packers team so far. I know that you don't probably agree with me for obvious reasons. I'm not liking it, but um, yes. but, but they're I'm they're I'm enjoying well. them. They're yeah. playing very well. Um and you know, that's impressive. This is a team that certainly could have come into the season and just given up. Um Aaron Rodgers doesn't want to be here. Uh, you know, while the team had confidence in Jordan Love, you know, a lot of outside influence didn't necessarily have uh that much hype on Jordan Love and you know, they could have just given up and called it quits, but they haven't. They have, you know, seen the opening in the NFC North, or for them it's not really an opening because they were the top team. Um, but they've seen that, you know, they can still win this, and, you know, there's no true dominant powerhouse in this NFC North. And they've really taken that and kept it going. And, you know, they're, they, I hate to say it, but 
they look better than Aaron Rodgers last two years. In Absolutely. Green Bay. I'm right there with you. Jordan Love is he's just a different piece. It just brings a different vibe to them. And, you know, running relying on that run game saying number one, you know, I don't I don't gotta worry about throwing the ball forty times a game like Aaron Rodgers. I do what it takes to win. And lastly, one final game, we're gonna talk about the man, the myth, the idiot himself, the Josh McDaniels. Uh, Steelers, Raiders, Sunday Night Football, 23-18 Steeler win. Let's set the scene. 23-15, Raiders are on the goal line, 2.25 to go. Fourth and goal, uh, I believe from inside the five. You're down by eight, you know, logically, you think they're going to go for it. But no, they kick a field goal with 2.25 left. And I know, listen, as a Steelers fan, I could get that. The Steelers offense at points stalls out. But at that close to the goal line, when you know there's a possibility, even if you score, you're going to have to get the ball back anyway. Why don't you try the score there? I just, I'd like your opinion on because this is the second year in a row where we've seen a situation like this by Josh McDaniels late in the game. Hey, you know, I've always said this um, at the end of the game, you cannot rest your game on if we get the ball back. If there's no guarantee that you can get the ball back again, then you've got to go for it. Uh, your back's against the wall. You are, I mean, you're handing the game to the other team uh, by taking yourself out of it. If it's a one-possession game and you don't have to worry about trying to get the ball back, you've got to take what you get because uh, clearly you made the field goal and it didn't matter. Exactly. But I will say Steeler-wise in this one, I knew they were going to figure out a way to make it close because the Steelers dominated this game throughout. I just I remember sitting on the couch showing myself, man, this is going really well. How is this going to be a close game? Um, but shout out to Kenny Pickett, easily the best game of his career so far. He made the big throws. Shout out Calvin Austin, had a Calvin Austin anytime touchdown money on that game. I appreciate you, sir, getting involved. Uh, and I know Deontay hurts with not having him, but getting Calvin Austin more involved in this offense is what, I need just saying that's what I need. Um, and the Steelers, they do play the Texans this week. That's the definition of a trap game. Um, but you look at that for the Steelers, they win that one, they're three and one, and then they play the Ravens in a, you know, in a matchup, you know, is always going to be close. So it could set up well for the Steelers if they don't fall victim to a game that they should win. But looking ahead to that week, let's make some game picks. Awesome. What you saying? And this one, you know, Thursday night football, Lions and Packers. This is going to be a fun one. It's rare. We're getting actually fun Thursday night football matchups. You know, I haven't had a fun Thursday night matchup since, um, what was it? Colts Broncos last year. Yeah. Great. Game. <laughs> great game that I totally never tried to smack out of my head, um, <laughs> from watching that. Uh, but it's Lions and Packers, both teams, two and one winner, full control of the NFC North. It's at Lambeau, but the Lions are favored here. It's a fun matchup. How do you see this one playing? Do you see it playing out the way the Lions did last year where they ended Rodgers' tenure at Lambeau? Uh, I think this is going to be a very low-scoring game, personally. Um, two teams that really like to run the ball and uh, just push it right down their throats. So I think these are two teams going to try and take as much time off the clock as possible. Um, but I'm going to give the Lions the nod here. Uh, I think they're looking a little bit more comfortable 
Uh, you see Green Bay against Atlanta. They blew the lead and then had to make the comeback against New Orleans. I think still trying to get everything figured out, especially with Jordan Love at quarterback. While I think, obviously, Dan Campbell and this Lions offense is coming into really their second year together, uh, or really third year if you want to look at it, is when Jared Goff got there. Um, but, you know, they're feeling a lot better. Um, so I like them to take this first matchup this season. Yeah, I really want to go with Jordan Love and company, but just something tells me I think this Lions defense gets one or two more stops at the end that decide it. Um, you know, I was contemplating before this taking the over on this game, but you're slowly starting to convince me to take the under. So I don't I don't know what I'm going to do about that. That will be a game-time decision, game as they time say. Game-time decision. Um, but now let's get to some Sunday action. And just real quick, I just got to ask, are you going to watch the Toy Story version of that, the Falcons and the Jaguars? Have you heard about the Toy I Story version? I have heard about it. Uh, I will try to watch it as much as I can. I will be at work, unfortunately. I am, so. I am scared to guess what it's going to look like, so I can't wait to see what it's going to look yeah, like. Yeah, it is going to be an event. I know that much. <laughs> um, It sucks that it's at 8.30 in the morning and it's in London, but nonetheless. Uh, let's get to these 12 o'clock slate. There's actually a lot of good games in this 12 o'clock slate. And not the greatest, 3 o'clock slate, like always lately. Um, well, let's start with a one of two AFC North teams where I'm honestly rooting for a tie. It's the 2-1 and one Ravens and the 2-1 and one Browns. And this is trying to keep up with the Steelers. Love that. Steelers are technically in first place, AFC North. Um, trying to keep up with them at the top of that division. The Browns looked good last week in their first game without Nick Chubb. And the Ravens, missing several starters last week against the Colts, cost them the win there. I don't know officially how many will be out, but surely some can return. It's in Cleveland. How, I mean, do you how do you see this one playing out? Who goes to 3-1? and one? Uh, I think surely it's got to be uh, Baltimore, right? Uh, they're... I mean, they're the better team, and I've seen Cleveland make a lot of mistakes this season. Somehow they've won two games, uh, but it just looks like uh, the team that's just waiting uh, to have some of those mistakes capitalized on, and I think this is a Ravens team uh, that can certainly do that. Uh, I know they have the injuries, and I know that's been hampering them a little bit, but I think Lamar Jackson is locking in this season. He's played really well to start the season, and I don't think there's any any way that the Browns are going to stop him. Hmm. Which team do I hate less? Um. Oh, oh, that's simple. Neither one. Uh, I'm. But I will say, uh, I'm still mad at one team for the year 2020. So let's go, Ravens. Get the win, Ravens. Get the win, and sh- shut that orange team up. Uh yeah, I'll go Ravens with you. Next one, Buccaneers and Saints. Both teams two and one. This one's at 12 o'clock, and this is to keep up with the Falcons at the top of that NFC South. So, and like we talked about, Jameis Winston expected to start against his former team. How does this one play out in New Orleans? Does Jameis have a terrific game against his former team? Uh, I'm going to say no. Uh, I think Tampa Bay is going to win this game. If Derek Carr is playing in this game, I like the Saints. Um, But I think Jameis coming in, this being his first game, and it being against a pretty good-looking Tampa Bay team, despite what we thought coming into this season. Um, I think he's going to have struggles against some of those talented defensive players, and I think that's going to be enough for Baker and company to get the job done. Not so fast. I'm going to go with the New Orleans Saints in this one. 
for two reasons. Number one, I want Jameis to dominate his former team just because I think it would be funny. It would be funny. Um, but number two, Alvin Kamara back from his suspension this week. I think he's going to help that offense out a lot. This is going to be a low-scoring game. Let's just say that. These are two very good defenses. It comes down to just which QB will make the most mistakes. And honestly, I really don't know. You might want to flip a coin for that one. Uh, but I'm going to give an edge to the home team in the matchup, and I'm going to go with the Saints. Next up. And man, you know, I'm just going to be honest with you. I am I am the most disappointed person in the world that this is a 12 o'clock game on here. Miami Dolphins, Buffalo Bills in Buffalo. Rematch of several great games last year and a playoff game that really the Bills did not deserve to win. Shout out Skylar Thompson for almost pulling off the biggest upset in playoff history last year. But this is easily the game of the weekend. Let's just say that. How do you see this one playing out? Because this is going to be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, uh, I'm going to go with the uh, Dolphins riding that wave uh, off of that 50-point victory. Um, just absolutely astonishing. Uh, I think the Bills' defense kind of got showed out last week, obviously. Uh, if anybody watched the game or saw the stat sheet, uh, you know that. Uh, but I think they're going to be playing a much more comfortable quarterback and a much better offense. Um, and that's going to result in them, I think, showing some of those same struggles still without Von Miller. Yeah, uh, that's that's my big thing. I almost wanted to take Buffalo in this one, um, but Von Miller still not expected to play. I think they'll be able to protect Tua. I think the Bills can keep this a little bit more low scoring than people think. But yeah, I'm with you. I got to go with Miami. This will be a tough... I think Miami wins. This will be the first tough win that people will say, you know, they're good, but they win this game. People are going to say, you know, okay, this is this is actually for real. And, you know, I guess I'll pick one of the three o'clock games if I'm required to. Um, yeah, I guess. And another one, I hope for a tie. We got Patriots and Cowboys in the main afternoon one in Dallas. Um the Patriots one and two trying to get back to 500 Cowboys. I mean, bounce back is an understatement from losing to a team that many people thought might not win more than one or two games this year. So it's the matchup of the two most hated teams in the NFL historically, which team comes out on top and is hated more by the other side. Uh, I'm going to go with the Patriots in this one. I think missing Trayvon Diggs has uh, put a big hole in that secondary and Mac Jones has looked really good throwing the ball and this receiving core that, you know, kind of was questionable. It's starting to look all right for this New England team. I think they take advantage of a, a down Cowboys team and get the win. Uh, I'm right there with you, unfortunately. It's another one where I would root for a tie. Um, you know, let's have two ties in the same week in NFL history. I'd, I would sign up for that. Um, but, no, my big thing is, uh, like you said, they're not going to have digs, so they're going to step up in the secondary. Hunter Henry has been phenomenal to start the year at tight end. And I really think he'll be able to get open in this Cowboys secondary and make some plays. And I'll be honest with you, and as wild as it is, with an actual offensive coordinator, I trust Mac Jones more than I trust Dak. So I'm going to go with New England. And, you know, since I'm required, I guess, to do one of the primetime ones, not Chiefs-Jets. We know how that one's going. What do Seahawks-Giants? Saquon may be coming back. There really hasn't been any word on that one with it being on Monday. So... Seahawks, Giants on Monday Night Football. The important thing here is Peyton and Eli are coming back. That's yeah. the big thing. Um, and it's not a doubleheader on Monday Night Football for the third week in a row. Thank you. Uh, listen, I like I like doubleheader sometimes. 
I don't need them back to back weeks. Yeah, the whole point is that they're supposed to be kind of special. Um, why? Why would you make them back to back weeks? It's not special if it happens two times in a row. That's just normal. But Seahawks, Giants, what you thinking here? Uh, I'm going Seahawks. I think the Giants are just in a funk right now. I don't know if they're really going to snap out of it this season. I know it's early to say, but uh, they just don't look like the same team from last year, especially with no Saquon. But uh, Seattle kind of started uh, struggling, but they've really snapped back into it. Kenneth Walker had a big week last week, and I think he continues with another big week this week, and Seattle takes this one big. Yeah, well, actually, the spread disagrees with you. The spread, the Seahawks are favored by one point for the spread. I this hate one. the spread. Whoever wrote that spread is dead to me. Is they are fired. Get them out of there. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go Seattle, too, but I actually think this will be semi-close. And I'm going to be honest with you, I think this game might be really ugly. I'm just, I'm just being honest with you. I hope this, not. this gives me a like 17-10 final score kind Don't of game. Say that. <laughs> I'm just being honest with you. It gives me that kind of vibe. Not that Seattle's a bad team, but it's just, I feel like the two teams together, it's just going to equal just yeah, kind of football. So I hope not. I hope I'm wrong too, and I hope it's like a great game. But it's just, just my gut feel. But I'll go Seahawks with you. And to end it off, we have our bets of the week. I don't remember what yours was last week. If I correct, if I'm correct, uh, if I'm being honest with you, I don't remember what mine was last week either. Well, we're gonna assume they were both correct. I don't care. That's what we're gonna roll with. We'll watch the tape and we'll figure it out after this. Um, but who is your bet of the week for this weekend? There's a lot of good options. Some surprise spreads in here. Uh, some small, some lower numbers, potential overs. What are we thinking here? Are we taking any over unders? Uh, no, I am actually going spread here. I'm going to go Panthers plus four against the Vikings. I don't know if they'll get it done, but the Vikings really love low, like one score games, super duper close games. I think win or lose, this will be a one score game. Uh, and so I like the Panthers plus four. And I just remembered what my bet was last week. I had the Titans. <sighs> Yeah. Um, so not two and two. No. Um, or two. No. Yeah. Uh, rough one. I really am trying to remember what yours was off the top of my I head. I don't remember, and I didn't write it down. I, wait a minute. I think it was – was it Chargers against the Vikings? I want to say it was the Chargers. Maybe. Maybe. Or it was it was either that one or Bills Commanders, I think. Oh, well. I um, Bills Commanders. Yeah, let's just say it was the Bills. We'll let it roll with that one until we officially go back and listen, and it actually was probably the exact probably opposite. Uh, but mine, listen, college football, I struggled the last couple of weeks. I lost last week. I got to get something, um, which means I'm probably going to get this completely wrong and jinx it. Uh, Dolphins, Bills, give me the under 53 and a half in this one. I think the defenses make it a little bit lower, and everyone's going to say, after 70 points, Austin, are you insane? Are you insane? Yes, kind of. Um, but I, I know if I pick the over that this is not going to happen. So give give me the under here and play. I would almost pick the under for the Steelers, but they've been a little bit tougher to figure out on their over-unders this year. So I, I kind of missed last year. Steelers under was easy money for most of the year. Um, but that's our picks. We'll try to remember them for next week, and hopefully they'll both be right. But that is it. But before... You dive into any football this weekend. Give our college football episode a listen. was a fun one. Some new teams entering the top 25, recapping an insane weekend. And, you know, we got some fun matchups for this upcoming weekend too. But that is going to be it for now. That is Austin Hill. I'm Austin Wainer. We want to thank you for listening.